You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is podcast episode number 1,214 and interview number 1,528. It's going to be a good one. You know, we've been on the air since March of 2009, and we are the longest-running business podcast here in beautiful Orange County, California. And we have a returning guest. It's been many years, but Luke Coopersmith, who is the CEO of Logistic, is here. I've invited him as a actually the first guest in our special summer series on fast-growth Orange County companies, and Logistic is certainly one of those. I'm going to be discussing with him how he and his team have leveraged their disruptive business model and software technology to deliver sustained growth. Logistic it has a focus on innovation and a team of smart and fun people who help maximize parcel and freight cost savings for hundreds of companies all over the country. Luke, welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thanks. Appreciate it. It's I, good. To- I, I feel special. 1528. That's a, that's a good number. That's a good number? All right. Well, a lucky number, hopefully. Um, why don't we start by asking you to tell us a little bit about the firm and kind of what makes you unique? You know, what's your differentiated advantage? Why do clients do business with you, sir? Yeah. Yeah, we've been been going strong for almost 15 years now. And really over the last three and a half, we, we pretty much reinvented ourselves. Historically, we've always helped uh, parcel shippers get better shipping rates, mm-hmm. UPS and FedEx shippers get better better shipping rates and then we audit their bills and we'll help manage the payment process as well. But about three and a half years ago, going on four, we began to build a software platform that really helped those same companies kind of self-diagnose opportunities to do things more efficiently and cost effectively. And the entire platform is, is oriented around that self-serve um, self-diagnose and then even self-fix hmm. the problems that exist within uh, a, a business's logistics. And whether that's a small company or a Fortune 100 company, um, we we work with them all. So what was it prior to that date that caused you and the leadership team, the employees, to decide you needed to kind of pivot a little bit and move into the software arena? I'm, I'm a lover of chaos. Oh, hey, hey, I'm sure the team enjoys hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, it, you know, you, you do something long enough and you start to realize opportunities to do it better. And sometimes those opportunities kind of go, go unseen just because it's, it's hard to see some of the biggest opportunities that are closest to your own nose. Right. Uh, but through, yeah, really through a, a series of forced circumstances, we, we were getting one of, the technologies that we used within our business and we were licensing it Mm -hmm. and we were just going to build our own thing. And through that series of events of building our own thing, we came up with a brand new idea and built the new thing instead. Okay. So it was really organic and internal. It wasn't necessarily customers suggesting this to you. You were just kind of coming at it through your own development inside the business. Is that what I hear you saying? Am I, am I saying that correct? Uh, we were getting requests okay. from customers okay. for certain things that through the technology that we were using at the time, we weren't able to accommodate. And then we had our own ideas. Well, what if we did this? And what if we did this? And 
yeah, reinvented ourselves through through that. So is it? Uh, we're talking with Luke Cooper Smith, and we're talking about his company, Logistic. Is that today a fundamentally different business inside your business than what it was five years ago before you made this software conversion change? Yeah, we so we still provide the same services. We still audit shipping bills, and we still help UPS and FedEx shippers get better shipping rates through a couple of different means. Uh, but the way that we come into proximity to those potential clients or actual clients, uh-huh. and even the functionality and service that we're able to provide is fundamentally different through our our, our technology platform, and essentially. The technology just pulls in all of the the history, right? Shows what happened from a variety of perspectives, where it could be better, how it could be better, and then is the tool in many cases to hmm. uh, realize the savings or um, fix the inefficiencies that are present. Excellent. So, Luke, what is the what is the you gave a broad range of companies that could benefit or do benefit from your solution? What's the niche that you're looking to go after, or that you have found kind of resonates the most with your brand promise? Honestly, the the niche is a big one. So you may not consider it a niche, (laughs) but then the niche is really anybody who ships parcel and parcel is pretty much the the customers of UPS and FedEx. Mm -hmm. So little guys, big guys. Um, We've got a couple Fortune 100 companies. We've got several Fortune 1000, but then we've got lots and lots of the smaller guys, well, there are more of them um, too. So there's lots right. more of them, right? Um, and and yeah, it 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 really comes down to do you have parcel shipments mm-hmm. and costs associated with that that your business is supporting, putting up with, and we help that. So it's really, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but tell me if I'm on the right path. By having access to information, people can make better decisions about what they should be paying to ship their parcels. 100%. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the premise is look at what you've been doing, look it in the eyes, and know everything about it, and look for the, the, the places and ways that it could be better mm-hmm. in the future. So look at the t- decisions you have made and make smarter ones tomorrow. Okay. And, and our platform fundamentally supports that. Does it make them aware of pricing and, and options that they previously hadn't considered or been aware of? Are you able to show them choices to help them make better, more informed decisions as well? Is that what you're doing? Informed decisions, yes. So as far as real time, I I could ship this way or I could ship that way. There's uh-huh. other technologies that do that. So okay. it's not a it's not a shipping system. It's it's a, it's a tool to show you what you've been doing and it pulls in your history and shows you what you've done uh-huh. and then points to all the inefficiencies within what you've done. Wow. So that you can then go out and perhaps use a shipping system to fix that problem okay. or perhaps use one of our services to recover a cost uh, that otherwise went unrecovered. Okay. So um, we're going to get on to what's going on now to allow this growth, that, the reason why you're here for the growth series. But before I do that, as an entrepreneur, take me back to the days of when you decided to do this the first time. What was the pain that you saw that as an entrepreneur you said, hey, I can help people solve this problem? Are you talking about like day one, yeah. 15 years ago? Yeah, exactly. When you were like... You may or may not like this part of my story. I like it all. It was an accident. So Excellent. This, this business was entirely an accident <laughs> and it was not... Give me five. It, Come on, for your honesty. <laughs> Love that. It was not built to solve a pain that we saw in 
our clients or potential clients. It was to solve our own pain. Okay. Candidly, it was an easy way to make some money uh, while we were building another business, a clothing business, actually. Wow. And while we were building our billion-dollar clothing empire, or right. trying to, right. uh, uh, we needed a way to you know, pay pay for food in the fridge. Mm-hmm. So we started this logistics company as an easy way and temporary way to make some money while well, we did that. And somehow 15 years later, I'm the CEO of a logistics company. Uh, we've got a team of about 40 people and have absolutely, thank God, nothing to do with clothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was unsuccessful in, uh, in the apparel world. Awesome. I love the honesty. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's a Story worth repeating, ladies and gentlemen, and I want to thank you for that. Hold on. I think we're going to get a gong, or maybe not. Yes, there it is. What that means, Luke, for our loyal listeners, they know if they hear the gong, if they were listening to the show but maybe not quite totally engaged, maybe go back about a minute, minute and a half, and pick up the conversation that we just had. It's a teachable moment is what you gave us here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you. All right. Let's move on. before the show, we were kind of talking about this question. I was just curious, and, uh, you know, I phrase it this way. You answer it how you're most comfortable. You know, I'd like you to think about a key strategic decision or series of decisions that you and or your leadership team have made that when you look back on it, you thought, well, that's kind of foundational to our ability at Logistic to have sustained growth. Can you give us a context for how that fits into kind of your worldview? I don't necessarily credit any one decision right. uh, with where we are today. I think I think any business without a plan is destined to fail. I think many businesses with a plan are destined to fail. But I, I think at least for us, the series of decisions, the series and series and series or thousands and thousands of decisions that we've made over the course of the years that we've been around have ultimately landed us where, where we're at. I mm-hmm. think the one theme that has been present throughout all of those is we've always been willing to take risks. And, and I do have a business partner. Um, and he fortunately is less, less amenable to risk than myself. <laughs> uh, so he, okay. he maybe tempers us down in a really great way. And I right. think that's one of the powers of, of having a team yes. of, of a variety of people. It's also one of the things that breeds conflict. Uh, different people think different ways, and that can be a very powerful thing, and it can also be a right. very challenging thing. Right. Uh, but through that somehow perfect or not so perfect balance of of risk taking and pulling the reins in when when necessary, um, we've we've made the decisions to lead us and bring us to today. Right. And you you have a fifteen fifteen year history, right? And, and what 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 I have seen later this year is that later this year uh it's february february oh, okay. of next year all right fantastic so. 15 years in february of next year that's a milestone right um i have seen as business becomes successful sometimes the leaders because now there's more at risk become a little more risk averse yeah that's a tough thing to war against for sure right uh it's very tough you the more you have the more you want to protect what you have the the less you have I mean, what am I risking? I've got nothing now. I might right. as well go for it. Right. And, and that for sure is true. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, over the last few years, as we've reinvented our whole model and the platform that I described, by the way, is entirely free. Um, so there's no cost to use it and it's all, it's self-serve and it's free. It's 
Uh, we used, if you're familiar with mint.com, we mm. use that very much as a model. I'm an avid user of mint and that pulls in all my financial information. Um, logistic with a J, not a G, uh, logistic, uh, does that with shipping information and, and, Investing millions and millions of dollars into a platform that is free from A to Z. There's, it's not just freemium. Use this version right, and then pay to play on that version. A to Z, it's free. And investing millions of dollars into a platform that's free is a scary thing, and right. certainly something that has its risks. Right. And so, four or five years ago, as you were embarking on this decision and implementing it, there must have been a lot of. I would assume there was some level of discussion about are we is this the right strategic way to go because you're giving something up in the from a business perspective i would think from a revenue income perspective when you're offering the software for free well the so those the call it the analytics the reporting the visibility the insights those things uh in our business oftentimes come along historically and all of our competitors do it this way so we our model is at this point entirely unique um but they come along after you've employed a service. Right. And so hire me to provide this service, and then you get this technology or software sure. along with it. Right. It's free, but only on the backside of a contract. Right. And so we just essentially flip that and put the free thing that was on the backside of the contract as a free thing on the front side, hoping that that would eventually lead them to use uh, our pay-to-play services. Right. And, and, and there is the risk, hope that they would eventually, right? Oh, it's, it's entirely hope. And nobody else does it this way, <laughs> right, too. So, so Either you're a genius and you're, you're innovative or you've done something that isn't in the best interest of the model. Time will tell. Time is telling. Yeah. Well, you're growing. We are growing. It oh. is It is working. It's working. Right. For sure it's working. Right. And that's why you're here. So I'm wondering if you might be so bold as to offer some advice. Maybe a suggestion or a piece of advice that other entrepreneurs who are listening to us today who either are managing high-growth companies or aspiring to be high-growth companies could uh, learn from sort of your experience and what would you offer them having ridden this ride for a number of years? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm one that uh, really has any advice to give. I mean, I think we're all out here just trying to figure it out. And uh, okay. I, but I think riding the ride, as you just framed it, I think riding that ride and being willing to ride that ride and make the tough decisions along the way is for sure a key to it. Um, said differently, I think that's what I said a moment ago. You, you got to have a plan and you got to have a direction, but you also have to be willing to change that direction. Right. And you get too stuck on, on one idea or one way of doing something uh, and, and, find yourself in a position unable to change uh, or unwilling to change i think i think that can be a death trap mm -hmm. and i think that's one thing that we have done well uh over the years where we've certainly failed and lost many many dollars along the way or, or <laughs> maybe lost is the wrong word okay. i would say spent spent dollars in ways that could have been more effective yes um so not necessarily lost dollars, but dollars that didn't have a return on a direct return on their investment. Sure. But certainly things that have 
taught lessons, uh, like college, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, and it leads to a greater, a greater good, a greater purpose or a payoff. Well, in, in the short time that we've been together here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, you've talked about two times where you made changes, willing to make changes. The original business model that was an apparel-based model that you had to shift off of to this platform, and then changing out the platform and going to a very unique model within your industry. These are, it's, everybody wants to get comfortable Right, comfort is a good thing, but in business, being comfortable can be a bad thing. Yeah, and that's a tricky thing uh, for me personally. It's been a tricky thing. There's been a number of um, ups and downs in our business over 15 years, almost. Of course. Uh, and historically, what I have done, and actually, my brother, one of my brothers in particular, has has given me grief about how every time I get us into a really stable place, I always seem to find a way to throw us back into chaos. <laughs> right, as you said earlier. As I said earlier. And I and I have done that. And and every one of those chaotic moments has um, been painful in right. whatever stretch of time it has lasted. But so far has always resulted in a much higher higher than the pr- than the prior high. Good. Um, and yeah, and so I struggle with that now. With the the model is working and it is proving out, and almost a little shell shocked. What what kind of chaos am I going to have to bring upon us now? <laughs> we're just getting we're getting into a really stable place that's Uh-oh. really comfortable, right. or getting more and more comfortable. Don't want to go through chaos again, <laughs> right? Right. But, but you may need to. Right? But you may need to. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about a challenge. If if there was an area that's the most challenging aspect of growing and scaling, what, from your perspective, have you found as the CEO of your firm to be, I'd like you to share your experience with my audience, kind of for you personally or professionally challenging in leading this growing organization? Resource allocation. And by resource allocation, I mean where you put your time, where you put your energy, where you put your money, where you focus your people, uh, resource allocation and and as a growing company you have lots of moving parts many of which are in unstable or volatile volatile places and and yeah deciding where to allocate your resources time being time and energy right being for sure some very uh, valuable resources mm-hmm. but then money and all that money affords you. Do you put it in marketing? Do you put it in sales? Do you put it in infrastructure? Do you put it in technology? Do you grow, f- you know, this part of your business faster or at the sacrifice of another part? Mm-hmm. It's resource allocation. And for us, we've got no investors. And so every, everything is bootstrapped, if you will. Right. And, um, and that means that we don't have unlimited funds. We have the funds that we've made along, along the way. Mm-hmm. And, so our biggest challenge for sure has been resource allocation and, and then all that that leads to. Because ultimately, you have to make the decision, I'm going to put time, energy, money, resources here, right. which means that you're also not going to be putting it over here or not as much. Right. Um, and and figuring out that Zen place to, to, to navigate through is a big challenge. Boy, I wish we had more time because I'd love to dig down on that one. And maybe uh, in another handful of years, we can have you back to explore that in a little more detail because that is very rich. Uh, would you come back at some time in the future and kind of go deeper on that? 
Well, as long as I'm not in one of those down moments where, you know, <laughs> the, everything's imploded. So Right. Okay. Well, well, hopefully that will never be. Um, can you share with us the philosophy that you and the leadership, your co-founder, have used to kind of build the culture? I call it the guiding principle. But what's important to you about the culture and the philosophy that you're applying to grow this company and maintain a company that you enjoy leading? Yeah, I think progress. Progress is a big one for us. That's one of our core values as a company progress and progress comes in a lot of in a lot of forms and it's just it's better today than yesterday is how we define that um and and that doesn't necessarily always mean more dollars um it's progress it doesn't always show up in the form of dollars It, it can be little things it can be big things but i think progress has for sure been a a a core principle and then i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but the the other just give a shit and I think there's a lot, there's a lot um, of things that you have to war against when you're building a business and growing a business. And, and I think that caring about them, as painful as that may be sometimes, always caring about, like, especially your team, care, caring deeply about your team, which I think most entrepreneurs do. I think on some level all do, I think, but yeah just giving a shit (laughs) i i I think i think goes a long way and and authentically doing so ultimately you want to build a biggest a a business big enough um you can't do it by yourself no you can't and you need you need people committed to the same thing as you and if you care about them and care about them authentically Mm -hmm. and what you're doing authentically and it's more than just about making money um, I think I think that goes a long way. Wow. As for us, wow, this is awesome. I uh, unfortunately we're up against the clock, my friend. If someone would like to learn more about the firm, how do they find Logistic Online? Where would they go to find out more about your company, sir? Our website's a great resource. Okay, although it's never quite up to speed to my liking. But okay, Logistic L O J I S T I C dot com. That's great. Well. I want to thank you for being a friend of the program, a repeat guest. It's fantastic to see what you're doing. I always enjoy these interviews and time with you. So thank you for giving your time to our audience here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Cheers. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. I'd like to also thank our engineer, none other than Mr. Paul Roberts, as well as our three producers without whom I could not do this show each week, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and our newest producer, Nicole Terry. If you'd like to connect with me, I'd say let's do this on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.